halfway through, it was like, I think it was March 15th. Like everything was shutting down. We were already like walking the streets of Tokyo with no one around. So it was already kind of spooky vibes. But then the tourism board was like, you got to go home. We're canceling the half of the trip. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like, you can't do that to me. But then they were like, no, you got to go home. So I was like, ah, oh, this, whatever, whatever. Like, so obviously you go home to Australia. They shut down the borders and they just say like, hey, look, we froze all your passports. You can't leave. And I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? I don't even have a home. It starts with just taking that leap. Man, you have to work hard. You have to be incredibly smart. Choose something that even if it fails, even if it fails you are going to be proud of it. doesn't matter how badly you got beaten badly. Be kind, be kind, be kind. Become a better person, a better leader, a better business. Go with your time. <laughs> I'm Samuel Donner, and this is Finding Founders. Jordan had a dream that he thought would take a lifetime, but as he invested all of his energy into making that dream a reality, that reality came more quickly than expected. The crazy thing is, this was just the beginning. Today, Jordan stands at upwards of 345,000 followers on Instagram, 1 million subscribers on YouTube, and a whopping 3 million followers on TikTok, which he firmly believes anyone can do. With eight years worth of traveling, content creation, and friend making in his pocket, Jordan has learned how to leverage the internet to make his passions and interests a career. But before Jordan was a content creator, before he was a world traveler, before he had even set foot outside of his home country, we need to take it back to the early days of the internet and Jordan's love for graphic design. Hi, my name is Jordan Tuelli. I am an Australian travel content creator and I've been traveling the world for eight years full time now, just creating content for social media. Eight years full time. That's a lot of years. What does it mean to travel full time? Are you like in a different country every week? Do you have a home base? Yeah, so for me, it is sort of like no home base, traveling full-time, like country every week. Obviously, there is a bit of a break there in COVID where I just sort of had to stick to Australia for a little while. But outside of that, from 2015, it started with six months and then it slowly grew into an 11-month period. I go home to Australia for Christmas, for family stuff around New Year's. But outside of that, like February to December, full-time travel, living out of a bag. And yeah, it's been like that the whole time. How do you like not get lonely or do you get lonely? Yeah, loneliness is a fun one because you are alone all the time. Like there's a difference between being alone and being lonely. I'm alone a lot of the time, but loneliness only really sets in for me when I'm missing something at home like a wedding or an engagement or a surprise birthday party. Some of these like big events with my actual like friends at home and my family at home that I really miss. That's where I'm like, dang, I feel lonely. But outside of that, I've learned to be really confident being present with myself, just sort of like in a room with myself. I'm very like at ease with it. And if you really want to meet people, you can just go outside and meet people or whatever. It's not like I'm very lonely all the time, but uh, I'm definitely alone a lot. I haven't done as much travel as you, but after four weeks, I think I start to miss things about home and and just like the, the deep connections that I have in LA. But before you were traveling the world and gallivanting around the earth, literally everywhere, if you look at your YouTube videos, like it's like a, almost a different country every YouTube video. I want to talk a little bit about 
just like your earliest childhood memories was travel something that was stressed in in early life like what were some of the values you grew up with and what is like that earliest thing you remember from childhood well first of all i grew up in sydney born in sydney australia uh, I'm a 93 baby, so I'm 29 years old right now. So my earliest memories, first of all, I grew up in a loving home, Christian, and yeah, it was like a very good childhood. My earliest memories are basically like playing Pokemon, going to school with my Game Boy, collecting Pokemon cards, Yu-Gi-Oh, Scooby-Doo, Beyblades. This is just like late 90s, early 2000s kid, just sort of like enjoying my life in Sydney as a little six, seven, eight-year-old. Did you travel with your parents when you were a kid or like did you stay around Sydney? Like what did you do with your family? Yeah, I haven't really traveled with my family overseas. We never, we've never been overseas together and they've done one trip together for my mom's 40th. They went to Europe for like a month and that was like the only time that I remember them being overseas. But yeah, we did a little bit of domestic travel, but nothing really, nothing really that like ingrained it in me. As you grew up, like how did your interests develop? Like did you diversify away from the card games and Beyblades and get into other stuff like sports or when did you start watching YouTube too? Like when did that come about? It's funny because that stuff still stuck with me. Like to this day, I still collect Pokemon cards. So it's pretty funny how that sticks with you. Yeah, when I grew up, I, I started doing a couple things. I played tennis. That's what I started doing in high school and swimming a lot. And we call it nippers in Australia, but it's like child lifeguarding. So it's like when you're, you go to the beach and to learn how to be like a lifeguard and that sort of thing. So they were my main three things, swimming, tennis, and then nippers. My interest developed to the point where I actually got really into graphic design. At 13 years old, I was like- 13, that's young. Yeah, yeah, at 13 years old, I was like, I love graphic design. I wanna be a graphic designer. And I saved up like $2,000 to get that black MacBook to like download Photoshop illegally and like figure it out. When I think about 13 year olds that grow up into graphic designers, usually it's like, I want to be like an artist or I like to draw horses. And then eventually the horse drawing turns into a Photoshop knowledge and then graphic design like later in life. How did you decide at 13? No, it's like graphic design is exactly what I want. Well, yeah, I guess it was more I love drawing. And then I got into the digital side of it. I love pop culture to this day, but even back then I loved Disney and I loved Cartoon Network and all these cartoons. So I was just like really invested in drawing them. I started by tracing them, then I drew them, then I ended up getting into sort of like my own little blog. You know, you could make a blog spot. But you had a blog? <laughs> yeah, I had like a blog that I would just keep up to date with like Disney and just random stuff. It was like a design slash pop culture blog. And then I met people on this blog, just internet people from other parts of the world. And then they were like designing banners for people's blogs. People would be like, oh, this person designs banners if you want a cool banner. I was like, I want a freaking cool banner. So I got this person to like make me a banner and then I met a few other people and all of a sudden, the people that were making these banners were like teaching me how to make them and then we were with them, we were making things for each other and I just, yeah, 13 years old, I just started like, you know, fiddling around in Photoshop and uh, sort of went from there. So you're interacting with all of these like online communities probably with people who are much older than you or at least don't know that you're 13 or were they all around the same age 
No, it was like very much the same age. It was like everyone in this random blog world was like obsessed with Hannah Montana and <laughs> Wizards of Waverly Place and Pokemon and like these very like animes. It was right. very much like everyone's waiting for the next episode of this child show. So I just sort of like got into this whole world of like wow. loving illustration and design and then I just did that. That's what I thought. I genuinely thought like from 13, I'm like, I want to be a graphic designer. And then I was like, I'm going to do that for the rest of my life. And even if that happened today, I'd be pretty stoked to like keep doing that. I'm not going to lie. You had all these relationships that you were developing in this design world. How did that mature as you got to like, you know, 13, 14, 15? It sort of just like matured as, as we grew up because everyone was growing up together. So it was very much just like, even though we never met these people, you just were living in like growing up with them. How are you utilizing this skill of graphic design before college? Outside of like just fun mashup montages, editing, fun little pieces, I wasn't doing anything for anyone but myself. So after high school, for our end of year trip, to I went to a private school. So they proposed we can do a mission trip to Vanuatu with our class sort of at the end of the whole school year and that can be our schoolies trip over to Vanuatu and that was the first time I've ever been overseas so it was like the start of like new culture new way of life opening my eyes to all these different aspects of the world when you land you know this is your first time really overseas so so what was your expectation and what did, how did reality line up it was so long ago that I think my only thing was just like excitement 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 it was just an ecstatic week of my life and I think it opened up my mind to like okay the world is so much bigger than just Australia and were you posting all of those mashups and stuff on your blog I started creating Pokemon illustrations and anime illustrations and I started posting them on Tumblr uh, under some anonymous name that was untraceable back to me and then that Tumblr blew up a little bit at the time it was like 5,000 followers on this tumblr wow what year was this this would have been 2011 2012 for 2011 2012 5,000 you know followers is a lot how did that feel for you it was pretty cool it was like i started the whole tumblr uh under this thing called pokemon safari and it was just me drawing i just was like i'm gonna start a one draw all the pokemon that was me just drawing my own little Pokemon in my own little world. And then that grew so much that I actually didn't feel like I needed to be ashamed anymore. And I, could, I changed it to my like Jordan Tuelli art. I went from this anonymous name and then I had the, the followers gave me the confidence to be like, you know what? This is cool. Do you remember like the moment where it started to gain traction? Yeah, I remember once I completed the original 151 Pokemon, I put them all in a, a big poster montage. I posted this like... The complete set and then that one went crazy viral that's when i just started selling like mobile phone cases and like random merch and people were just buying it wait you started selling stuff yeah it was kind of crazy like i started earning probably like a thousand bucks a month passive just from like these random pokemon things and i and then eventually i was like going to comic cons and i was like i was like fully in it around 2012 that's that's when you started going viral for that complete set right yeah, it was like front page of like, I don't know, Reddit in like the art community or something. But like, it got to the point where I actually went to a Comic-Con. Someone had printed the design and I like went to the booth and was like, 
grabbed it. It's like, this is mine. I'm leaving it. Like, don't print my stuff again. Blah, 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 blah. And I like took these like random shirts from this guy's booth at a Comic-Con. If it gets that big that you see someone else bootlegging your stuff, it's like, okay, that's pretty big. What did that do for you as like a creative, right? Because you're still in school. You have like this crazy internet virality. Did this change how you thought of yourself as a artist and graphic designer and like what you could do in the future? It definitely gave me the confidence to be like, oh yeah, the internet is the way to go. I feel like if I didn't have that upbringing of like, being able to see the success on the internet early, I wouldn't be like, oh, get your passion, apply it to the internet, do your passion for a living. Like that's sort of like, that's what I learned. So then obviously that like reciprocates itself into travel because that's what I learned early on. I just liked drawing Pokemon and then the internet allowed me to draw Pokemon for a living potentially. So it was like, if you can get that niche and still make a living from it, you can honestly do anything on the internet. That's what I learned the most. That's absolutely insane. Did you also start like a YouTube channel around this time too? No, no. I started an Instagram, like an art Instagram. And that was really my first community on the internet was this Instagram and meeting these artists and sort of daily communication with other artists that are drawing anime. Now, obviously, my community is very travel-centric and I meet up with other travel influencers. Once university came around, then started being utilized. I mean, I really have no ego when I say this, but it was just like I was teaching the teacher some things on Photoshop. Wow. Just some shortcuts with the keyboards and like just things that either she was teaching us. I was like, I already know this. is like I had the cruisiest three years of my life. It was the easiest degree in the entire planet. But I've invested at this stage like five, six years of my life into this software already. So none of that really happened until probably I went to university and I started getting random jobs and things like this. I did some freelancing on the side. But until then, it was just like innocent fun until I was like graduated from school. After university, I took my first year of sort of travel just for fun. I was meeting up with these artists around the world. What year was that? My first year of travel, 2015. And then soon after that, that's when all the virality from Tumblr happened, right? Yeah, then I had that summer, the virality happened. I went to university. I started being sort of less insecure about what I do and what I create. And I started owning it and making a bit of money on the side whilst I was studying at university. So yeah, it was good. It was a good time. Yeah, I mean, that's really exciting because I feel like the world's opening for you in terms of your possible routes as a career. It's like, wow, I can really do anything with the internet. And then the world's opening up around the same time saying like, and I could also be anywhere and explore anything. And so you have these like two axes of freedom that are just kind of like expanding. It feels like everything started just like opening up in like 2011, 2012. Yeah. I hit 18 years old, got a passport, went overseas for the first time, started like using the internet to my advantage. And then I was just like, whoa, this is crazy. How did you start to further develop your chops as a graphic designer? And also like entrepreneurially, like how are you starting to make some money from it? Like what was the plan? Rayjohn was the company that approached me. They were like, we want your art on on the shirts." So I signed a thing like, I don't know, get 30% or whatever of whatever they sold. And then that also did really well. So along with having like phone cases and then I had some shirts and some pants and 
a couple of other fun things. And at that stage, I saved up a bit of money because I was just like cleaning toilets at the university and doing like random university graphic design jobs. Why were you cleaning toilets if you were making money from the graphic design stuff? I mean, it wasn't that much money. I was probably making a thousand Australian, so 750 USD a month from just selling those things. And then maybe another 500 bucks or 600 bucks a month from just cleaning toilets and then another 500 bucks from doing graphic design like posters for university socials and different things like that so it was all like slowly building for me at the time i'm like this is good money making money while studying which is always a win so i ended up saving up like 10,000 australian which is like 7k usd and I was like, I'm 21. I got seven grand in my bank. I can blow a year overseas gap year 1 million percent. So actually, I went to Vanuatu on two different trips. I went with my school and then the following year, they were running another trip to Vanuatu for another mission trip with my university friends. And I was like, okay. So I went to Vanuatu twice as my first two times overseas. And then in my last year of university, they were running an art history tour. And it was one of those tours where it's like Europe for a couple of weeks. And it cost like, I don't know, it was like 10 to 15 grand, which was like impossible amounts of money for me at the time. But the government was like, yeah, like it's, it's classified as like education. So you can just pay it back later. And I'm like, 20-year-old Jordan is not thinking about it later. He's like, okay, you're telling me I can go to Europe for free? So I'm like, yep. So I did that. I got super inspired when I went to Europe because I remember just going to like Nice, Barcelona, like Rome, Florence, Milan, Venice, all these places. And I remember going for like, you know, we're going to see certain art museums and stuff. So I remember being like, why are we only spending a day here? I could spend a month here. I could spend a month here. Like every single time I went to a new city, I was like, I could spend a month. So I got really passionate about travel. That is when it really sparked. When I went to Europe for the first time was like the real spark of like, wow, I need to come back and do this whole route again by myself on my timeline doing whatever I want. Like this was too rushed. So then when I had the, when I got the degree, finished my schooling with a lot of debt because now I have like a 30 grand design degree and then I have another freaking 20 grand like art history tour that I slapped on there. But I'm like, whatever, I have, I have enough money in my bank to do a gap year. So that's when I decided to take the gap year, go overseas and uh, work at that summer camp called Muskoka Woods in Canada. I thought I could travel three months work at Muskoka Woods for two months and then travel for another like couple months at the end before coming home. So that's what I did. And I did that in 2015 and that really opened up my whole mind again going to North America. I went to Canada and uh, the US and I was just loving it. Do you remember any conversations or people that you met or just like experiences that you had specifically on that trip? This was the year of like inducting myself into like, oh, actually... I'm passionate about other things. And I was like, oh, I'm not just passionate about design. I'm actually very passionate about nature and I'm very passionate about taking photos and I'm very passionate about travel and meeting people. And that first year, I I basically bounced around and met all of my art friends on the internet on Instagram. I met all the artists in real life. I went to Calgary, met up with a guy up there I went down to Texas I met up with a girl down there like I just met all of my art friends in this one year I was like that I've been talking to for a few years so there was that and then there was the aspect of the camp which the camp is huge 
There's like a thousand people every week, 600 kids a week, and 400 staff, and about 200 of those staff were international. So all of a sudden, I'm in this camp for two months. Now I'm meeting all these people from all around the world in one spot, and it was the best. I loved it so much, I went back for three summers in a row. I met all these people at this camp, and then all of a sudden, they're like, yeah, well, we're either traveling or you can come hang out at my place. So then I was like, sweet. Now I have friends in Ireland, so I've got to go to Ireland. Now I've got friends here, I've got to go there. So I just started like traveling to where my new friends were because one, it was super cheap, and two, I want to just hang out with my friends. Well, just while you were traveling to all these friends, like how are you supporting yourself? Well, yeah, the Australian debt is actually really good because they don't, you don't have to pay it back unless you own over $48,000 a year. So that was one aspect. And then the second thing was I was so cheap because I realized I only have a certain amount of money, but I had a lot of time. So I was like, well, I'm not going to fly there if I can take like a 30-hour bus, you know. I was doing $50 Greyhound buses anywhere, like the just the dodgiest things. I would go to like, I was couch surfing, like couchsurfing.com. Which is free. Yeah, which is all free. Like I was staying with locals on their couches in their random spare bedrooms. I did this through... Vancouver, Calgary, Hawaii, I'd, everywhere I basically did this because I was I had no money. I was so stingy, I would shrink my stomach. I would eat one meal a day and that would usually be oats, apples and peanut butter. That's what I would live off. That's it. Yeah, yeah. I, I actually lived off that diet for like a year or two. Like one meal a day, shrunk my stomach down, went to Walmart, grabbed some oats um, and just... Yep, smashed smashed oats and apples for like years because I had no money. And that was the best way to save money. And that's what made me get through that first year to the point where I had enough money to do the same thing a second year. You mentioned a little earlier about how you developed an interest in like photos. How did that develop to the point where you had a conversation that would, would really change the game for you? I was just starting out my second year flying from Sydney to Honolulu because that was the cheapest way to get to America at the time. Fly to Honolulu and then, you know, I could cash surf Honolulu and hang out in Waikiki for a little bit before going into America or into Canada at this stage. And when I was in, I had this method to meet people because obviously I want to do cool things. So I would find geotags on Instagram of like <clears throat> places I want to go, hikes I want to do, beaches I want to go to and I would just go to most recent posts or most popular posts and DM these people that have been there. They're always locals. It was always just random locals and I would just say, hey, I'm Jordan. I'm a solo traveler. I'm just coming through Hawaii at these dates and I saw that you went to this beach or you did this hike. I'm super passionate about hiking and I don't really know anything about Hawaii. If you're ever going on a hike or if you're ever going to the beach or whatever it is, and you have a spare room or you would like to um, like invite me, I would love to come. That would be the, my dream. So yeah, I just would copy paste this message like to as many people on as many researched hikes that I wanted to do, waterfalls I wanted to visit, wherever it was. And one guy that reached back, I was super surprised because at the time this guy had like 30,000 followers on Instagram. His name's Jackson Groves and he is actually an Australian but he was living in Hawaii. And he was like, hey bro, actually, Funny enough, 
I had to rent a car. He usually had a moped around Hawaii. He's like, but I had to rent a car because my girlfriend's sister is coming and we had to rent a car because we don't have enough um, room with her on the moped. So there's actually one spare seat in the car. If you want to come on a hike, feel free. And I was like, no way, this is insane. So we had one spare seat because it was like him, his girlfriend, his sister and his sister's friend that all were here. And he hired this car for like four days. Went on this hike with him. We became really good friends. And then at the end of like hanging out with this guy for like two weeks, he basically told me what his vision was, which was like he wants to be a, a blogger and he wants to travel the world and he's building up his Instagram and he's building up his blog so he can be financially free and he can like do this all over the world. And I was like, whoa, that's insane. And he was like, Jordan, you're already taking photos. You're already posting the photos to Instagram. You're already doing, I was already doing it for fun. So he was like, here's a little bit of a structure. Here's the hashtags to use. Here's when to post. Here's how consistent you have to be. Do this for a year and you can 100% make this happen. And I was like, no way, this is insane. This changed my whole trajectory of what I was doing. This was the year that I ended up being like, do I choose design, do I choose travel? I couldn't continue to juggle it all because it was both taking too much of my time. So I was like, you know what? I can always come back to graphic design, gonna go in all in on the this travel thing and boom. Wow. Yeah, he's still one of my really, like my best mates to this day, so which is crazy. Yeah, I mean, like he has like close to half a million on on Instagram now. So it's like it's cool that you guys have been like plugging away at it, and you both adhered to that advice. And so I guess he gave you advice about like when to post, what hashtags to use, and how consistent to be. What were your first steps towards treating it seriously? Initially, starting, I was just like, like which sounds super dodgy, but back in 2015, 2016, it's like do what you can, and there was like Instagram was way less restricted back then so back then it was like he was like find an account that you want the same vibe so like his account was travel focused he's like you go to their followers you follow everyone so i was just like every day follow all these people like i'd probably follow like i don't know 300 people in the morning and then i'd unfollow 300 people at night and i would just like repeat this method because i'm like i i'm doing whatever i can to grow out here and this was working like people were like Obviously, oh, who's this random guy that followed me? Click on my account. This is how you grow. So I'm like, okay, well, whatever. I'll just do this and see how it goes. It went, it went pretty decent. I think I've got like, I don't know, maybe 30K in the first year. Did you feel like you were being successful? Yeah, the track, it did feel like it was success. But it, it, even to this day, the social media world, it doesn't feel real to me because I'm like, I think anyone can do it. You just have to know the information. So back then, it's the same sort of vibe. I'm like... I feel the success, but it's not like it's not like changing my life because I'm like, oh, anyone can do this. But uh, yeah, after about one year, Instagram started shutting all that stuff down. But it got me got my foot in the door. Like the first thirty or forty or whatever thousand followers was like through this method, and I was like, to say it now, I know people are going to be what listening to this, like, oh, Jordan is so fake or whatever. But now it's like, I don't I, I don't need that at all. I'm so secure with how how much I know social media that it's like you could start me with zero and I'm like I'll just start again and I'll be able to grow faster than most because I know how it works. I mean back then Instagram didn't really pay 
um uh from the platform they you know they didn't have like the reels bonus or anything like it that. it still doesn't pay for me i'm australian so it's never paid for me oh you don't have reels bonus in australia no 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 bro Fuck, that sucks yeah but uh yeah we're still making money with pokemon i think 2017 was when i decided to sort of like ditch the pokemon and the art the art world and go full-time into travel so i didn't need much money because i mastered how to travel for cheap it was great pokemon would pay me a thousand dollars that's like a couple months of travel for me it was like really ridiculous like at one stage i spent like 300 dollars for a month in hawaii i genuinely did that i had all my accommodation for free because of the nicest locals on earth i lived off oats and i hitchhiked and i and i walked and i hiked mountains and i swam at the beach so like it's all free Basically, I just did a bit of transit, maybe some internal flights. And yeah, so I was traveling very cheap. So I didn't really need the pressure of money. Uh, I didn't really feel like I didn't even know how business worked, to be honest. What was your goal? Was it like, was the goal just like, or did you even have a goal? It's just like, I just want to travel and do whatever it takes to make that happen. Yeah, it was sort of like, I just want to travel. And my, my overarching goal was like, Jordan, if you can travel forever... You have completely made it in this world. That was my goal. And that was my sole focus was just like, I love, I just love travel. So that's all I wanted to do. What were you thinking in terms of how to actually make money from this? I I wasn't business focused. What I found out later is that that goal of travel full time, it's actually kind of hindered me in the last couple of years. 2017, I got invited to my first press trip which was to Sri Lanka. Uh, basically like flights, round trip flights included and like 10 days in Sri Lanka with five other content creators, make some deliverables, do your thing. This is my first like tourism board gig. You know, I did that. I met some more influencers and then I made some more friends. So when did you realize that like this would never have to stop? I sort of did three years of that summer camp that sort of like helped me through. 2018 came around and it was like, Jordan, do you go back to the summer camp or do you try and do a full year of travel without having that big lump in the middle, like your safety net of that lump of summer camp in the middle? And I was like, you know what? There's only one way I can actually, if I want to make this my full-time job, I just have to go for the full year and hope it plays out because I didn't have enough money. I probably had like three grand or four grand, but I, I knew I have the privilege, you know, being, being from the family I'm from and growing up in Australia, like, and having like an Australian passport, I knew I had all the privilege and all the luck. If I needed to call my dad and say, dad, I've literally screwed up. You need to pay like a $2,000 ticket to get me home to Australia. I got to come back. I'm staying with you guys and I'll, I'll pay the money back and I'll just get like a normal job and get the money back. If that was the worst case situation, then I'm like, okay, well, if that's the worst case situation, then obviously it's worth the risk. So I 100% took that risk and yeah, it really paid off. I had an amazing year. I still didn't really make that much money, but... I, because I'm really not good at business, but I, uh, I had a lot of free trips, a lot of airline free flights, free this, free that, where I had traveled to like so many countries in this one year and I had an epic year meeting more people, growing my network, learning, growing the followers, all of that. 2018, 
was the year that sort of I did my first full year. And then 2019 was the year I started making a bit of money. So how did you start making like actual money? I got to the stage where I understood a little bit more about my worth. At this stage, I think I had 100,000 followers on Instagram. Coming into 2019, I was like, okay, well, I got 100K. And people, I've heard people are making money on the internet and people do this, so I'm just going to start charging. So I just started like, because I, then now I was like, okay, I have a little bit of money. I have like, maybe I had at the end of 2018, five to 10 grand, like just from random gigs. And so then I was like, I have enough money to travel this year if I don't get one job. Uh, so I'll just start charging, charging for things. And I wasn't charging much. I would charge $500 for a post or a press trip, like a one week press trip. I'd charge like $700 for like seven posts and like flights to and from destinations. So I think I made in 2019, I made 50,000 Australian. So like 35K USD. And that was mainly from a couple big deals. Like I did one job with a um, travel company where they basically hosted me for 60 days. <clears throat> I did like three or four different trips. They they run like a Kentucky sort of thing. I did like four different trips and I made them like tons of content, like more content than you would even like dream about it because I was just so into it. And they paid me like, I think it was 10 grand or something for what it was essentially uh, two months full-time travel. They paid for all the travel as well. So two months of full-time travel, maybe 25 posts online, constantly daily stories. And then I gave them the hard drives of everything I shot. So looking back, I'm like, Jordan, that that's <laughs> so much value. I mean, you were doing what you wanted to do anyway. You were getting paid to do what you wanted to do. Exactly. So this is where my mindset was like, I was still like, if I'm getting paid to travel or if I'm traveling for, for, for life, that's my goal. And so that's where my business sense wasn't very good because I was like, hey, if you're giving me a, if you're giving me something for free, I'm taking it because I want to travel. How does the end of 2019 look in the beginning of 2020? I also think 2019 was the year that all the tourism boards clicked and was like, oh, this is a really good way to market our country. So I think 2019, I, to this day, I've, ha- I've never had more offers or more opportunity than 2019. Even now, with even now with 5 million followers online, like across all platforms, 2019, I still got like way more emails. It was wild. It was sort of like I was, the mindset was leading into 2020. It was like, okay, you've just like, you've just crushed it. I think I did like 15 new countries in that year. And I was like, you just crushed 15 new countries. You've done so much. Like, let's just roll that into 2020. And that was all great until COVID hit and I got stuck in Australia for a year. So can you tell me about what that looked like? Yeah. So basically I was in Australia like I always do for Christmas in January and in February, boom, see ya, going for the year again. First gig of the year, Japan tourism. So I'm over, I'm in Japan. I'm with the tourism board. They're paying me like three grand for like 10 posts or five posts or something. And I was like, this is great. Halfway through, it was like, I think it was March 15th. Like everything was shutting down. We were already like walking the streets of Tokyo with no one around. So it was already kind of spooky vibes. But then the tourism board was like, you got to go home. We're canceling the half of the trip. And I'm like, no, 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 no. Like you can't do that to me. Because what I would do is I would always like 
continue to travel that country and then tell the air, tell the tourism board to like push my flight out. So instead of there for, instead of being there for a week, I would be there for a month, but I'd still get that free flight to the next destination I wanted to go to. But then they were like, no, you got to go home. So I was like, ah, oh, this whatever, whatever. Like, so obviously you go home to Australia, they shut down the borders and they just say like, hey, look, we froze all your passports, you can't leave. And I was like, what? <laughs> what do you mean? I don't even have a home. So I'm in Australia, I'm staying with my parents, I'm living with my parents now. And yeah, but the government were good. They were like, and I'm so glad I made money the year before because... 2019 set me up for 2020 where the government was like, look, if you're earning 30% less, then that month last year will pay you three grand. That was basically it. So I was like, oh, thank goodness I had a good 2019 because I wasn't earning any money in 2020. So easily, easily earning less than 30% um, a month. So I could easily prove that and the government ended up paying me out like, like one year to exist in Australia and they, I think they gave me like 30 grand to live in Australia for a year. But at this stage, I was still doing some work. Like there was still drips and drabs. I probably made 50 grand in 2020, right? Yeah, how did that, that year feel for you? It was so weird because I had all these ambitions, all these goals, and then everything sort of was like crashing down. I love Australia. It's still my favorite country on earth and I'm so happy to be Australian because I love this country so much but my mind at the time was was so removed from like my ambitions were so not in Australia that it was very hard for me to like come back here and just be here especially because um, no one could relate to me there was probably like three other four other people in Australia that could relate to me in regards to like they did YouTube or they did social media and travel and they lived out of a bag everyone else was just like living their normal life, still working, but maybe they're doing it from home. Where I am like, no, 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 I'm, I'm like, I'm not, I'm, this is nothing to do with me. Like my work isn't here and uh, this whole routine life, like everyone is, everyone's nine to five that I have nothing against, but it was like so foreign to me. So it was a big adjustment, but obviously it was really good for me because I just went crazy on TikTok and that ended up launch padding me like even better. Yeah. I mean, 2020 was the year. So uh, I was just at VidCon like last week. Right. And if you ask people, oh, like when did you start, you know, making videos? There's a whole generation of creators that is all 2020 on TikTok. And then it would like like it would go to other platforms and and the growth you could get on TikTok was crazy. Like you would post, if, if your content was good and you had been making videos before, you post one thing to TikTok, you can get half a million, million, tens of millions of views like instantly. There was, there was nothing like that at the time. So how did you start taking advantage of it? How did you, did you hear about TikTok? And then like, how did you start applying everything that you knew about the internet from, from everything that you had been creating to that platform? Yeah, well, it really aligned for me because I actually got on TikTok in July of 2019. I started like just like dabbling on the app and I was like, okay, I love this app because it was all at the time it was like lip syncing and dancing. I'm not really much of a dancer, but like they were doing like Disney lip syncing thing. Like all of this fun little stuff was happening. I was like, this is a great app. Like I love it. I was already on the app and I think I had... 50,000 followers on TikTok leading into 2020 and I never I never made news resolutions but I was like Jordan 
your news resolution is going to be posting daily on TikTok for the whole year. That was my already goal leading into 2020. And then once COVID hit, it went from posting once a day to three a day because I just had all the time in the world. What were you posting? So I had five years of hard drives of travel. I was pulling hard drives out and pulling bits of pieces every day to create stories from my travels. So it started with listicles, sort of like three countries you need to visit or most underrated thing I did in Romania, whatever it was. Yeah, that helped me really grow on that platform. I think like not many people were even doing travel on TikTok anyway. Especially not that early. Like to be in that niche that early is kind of crazy because at that like at 2019, 2020, just shifting from Musical.ly to TikTok and people were still just doing dancing and lip syncing and like maybe some thirst traps. Like that's what that's like all that was really on the platform, which is like how most of these platforms start. But like you kind of had to be either a content creator making stuff elsewhere or had like a lot of the foresight to be like, oh shit, like you can post any kind of content here. It's a unique opportunity to just completely dominate that niche. The creator fund wasn't that great back then. Um, or was it? Well, also, no, TikTok's never, TikTok's never paid me. I'm Australian. Never paid. Right. Never paid by these platforms. Although they did pay, they do pay for some live streams. I remember making a couple, a couple hundred dollars in a live stream one night and I was like, oh, that was pretty good. Right. But, no, like the only platform to this day, the only social media platform that's ever paid me is YouTube. And that's because I'm not on, not really doing Snapchat and I don't really do Facebook, which is probably not good from my end. But Instagram and TikTok do not pay. The creativity fund just got really good on TikTok. All my friends are like, yeah, you just post this, you make your video one minute and one second. And then you're just making crazy money. I was like... I'm like, tell me more about how much money I'm missing out on. I mean, also there's shorts too at the, like around the same time on YouTube. So how does all of this, how does all of the, the short form success on TikTok translate into other platforms? How do you actually make a living off of it? Because you're like you said, you're not getting paid because of the creator fund because of Australia. So it's like just views at this point. Yeah, it's just views and brand deals, you know, like charging a couple grand for whatever TikTok I'm making or whatever product whatever shirt I'm wearing, things like that. It was enough to get me through, but I was still, even to this day, I'm still just like, I feel like I haven't really monetized my brand. I'm like to the extent it could be. I'm still very much just like grow, 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 grow. Like if you grow enough, you'll eventually like cash in. Like that's sort of always been my mindset. And 2020 was like the start of that where I remember one day waking up to like 100,000 new followers. 100,000. Yeah. It was, yeah, it was 100,000 in a night, like 12, like literally 12 hours. Like I went to bed and I woke up and I was like, this is crazy. I got in that first four months, I gained a mil in four months on, you know, on TikTok. So like once the, once COVID hit, it was like January, February, March, April, bang, one mil. And then it was like, then it was another six months, like towards the end of the year, two mil. So I, I walked out of COVID that one year of COVID with like two million on TikTok I was like so far ahead of other travel creators and a lot of people have probably caught up now or are ahead now but like at the time I was like I was guaranteed to be number one on this platform in the travel niche. Wow. Did that change your life at all? Like I mean because when you start getting that many views 
not only are you, you know, getting bigger brand deals per video, but like, I mean, you might be recognized in public. I'm not sure where your, your audience is mostly based, but like, like when I think we, when we hit our, like around like half a million on TikTok, that's when we started getting recognized in public. And so it's like, when did that happen to you? Yeah, it was like, obviously TikTok's younger audience. So it's like 12 to 18 year olds, but, um, yeah, I'll just walk around in the shopping center at my hometown and like kids would either come up to me or they'd just stare at me or they would look at their phone because they've seen my face. They're trying to like find my account to, to prove like to their friends that it was me. Uh, it was super, super wild. And now it's even crazier with YouTube shorts because I didn't really get onto YouTube shorts until just a little over a year ago, like 15 months ago. I was like, okay, I'll do YouTube shorts. And then now I've grown in like one year, like I've grown like 1.2 million subs. Or and some of those videos have like 40 million views, almost 50 million views. Like that's, that is insane viewership. That's just one video. Yeah. Like the last year on YouTube, I just gained a billion views on YouTube in a year. And I was like, that's all from shorts basically. And I'm just like, this is insane so i went from tiktok repurposed all my tiktoks which i made in that one COVID year i made 600 tiktoks or something in one wow. year so then i was like okay well i have 600 then the next year i made another like i guess one a day 300 so i had 900 pieces of content that i could post on youtube shorts and i was like I, I, some of them i couldn't because it was too niche to a meme that was like obviously backdated in 2020 but i probably got a good like four or five hundred videos just lined up post twice a day for a year like bang 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 how do you start how do you start thinking about like fully monetizing those yeah i'm still honestly in that stage but yeah so at the at the start of 2021 i got approval to leave australia because you have to like get approval to leave so i left i went to mexico lived in mexico for like three or four months and then the world was starting to open up so i started traveling a little bit more um around and the the world was felt like it was getting back to normal so there were brands were reaching out and things were happening so i think it was probably i just tipped over 100k for 2021 this is still so that's probably like 70k usd this is still um just brand deals and sponsors or like just genuinely making content for brands that I never get seen like you know making photos for a product but because I had so many more followers I I had like a bit more leverage and there was a lot more I guess a lot more like people reaching out um but 2022 is where it all changed because I was still making what I would guess is a lazy 100k because my mind wasn't even in business I was just very fortunate that people were offering me money and I was just like happy to do it uh but yeah i was still under the mindset now where i was like okay traveling is easy to do it's not hard i can do it full time that's easy my goal my goal is essentially my life goal the thing that i thought would take my whole entire like 50 years of my life to do is done within three or four years so what do you do now and then in 2021 i was like okay Traveling full-time, I need a new dream. I need a new goal because that is just, that was way too easy, Jordan. Like you thought it was, it was such a mountain to climb in 2015. And now it's, now six years later, it just seems like the smallest hill 
So, uh, which is cool that my perspective can change like that. So yeah, I decided 2022 was like, gotta be, gotta, you know, push the business a bit more and see, uh, see how I can grow the business and what potential there is from that. So I remember actually doing a job with a bunch of creators in a in the country. This is only a year ago, so obviously I remember it. But my friend was doing the job, right? My friend had half the followers I have on Instagram. And it was an Instagram um, tourism board gig. And I remember, I had the email of me being like, yeah, what, what, just charge me, I'll charge whatever he did. So like, I think he was like doing the gig for like two grand or something, three grand. And I, my email to them, this is how bad I am at business. My email to them is like, yeah, just charge me the same as him. Like whatever he's charging, I'll do. And I'm like double the followers as this guy. So it makes no sense that I would even do that. But my mindset was just like traveling to a new country with friends, getting a little bit of money. Sure, whatever, that's sweet. But when I was there, the other influencers, obviously I'm very open with money and talking about whatever. So the other influencers were like, it came out that I was like, yeah, I just charged like two grand for this gig, whatever. But I'm huge. I'm a massive influence at this stage compared to others. Uh, and they're like, Jordan, you're ruining the whole industry. You have to start charging higher rates. Otherwise, you're screwing everyone over. So, then my fr- they sat me down. They were like, dude, you're getting paid three grand. I'm not as big an influencer as you. I'm getting paid 15. And I was like, okay, <laughs> maybe I need to start... <laughs> Maybe I need to start like actually figuring it out. So now the last year I'm like, okay, Jordan, like buckle down, you know, don't ruin the industry for everyone else. Charge what charge what you're worth, know your value. And I've just been doing a lot of work over the last year to sort of figure out all of those sort of, um, yeah, all those metrics. In 2022, like... How, did you did you immediately change your rates after that? Were you doing like other business things besides just charging for for the brand deals? Like, how did that things develop in that in that year? Then I decided, okay, I don't know what the heck I'm doing. So I got a management team, an agency, and they were good. They were good for the first three months because I I got to shadow all the emails. You know, I got to see what they were charging, how they were communicating and I really like shadowed the email inbox to see how they were um, pitching my brand and stuff. So, for the first three months, I was like, okay, this is awesome. Now, I can I can see what I should be doing and then towards the end of, I just switched agencies actually because towards the end of uh, the end of it, I was just like, well, <laughs> you've, you've taught me everything I need to know. Like, I don't need to be giving you a big, a big chunk of the pie. I can do that myself. Um, so, but yeah, I learned a lot in that year in regards to just rates and what um, companies are willing to pay. Now it makes sense to me, but it took it took like seven years for it to click in my brain. So now I've got a new agency, and they're trying to help me establish myself in a, in a way that I know I can guarantee a monthly income rather than just being like, "When's my next paycheck coming from?" So that's nice, but that's still a developing story. So. Last year was a big learning learning curve. Yeah, so like with all that learning at the end of 2022, what did that look like for you? I think I earned in in that year it was like 160 Australian, 160k. Wow. It's yeah, crazy that is, like basically I mean like it almost like that's like just a mind but, shift. 
Yeah. Yeah, and that was just a that was literally that was two things. Like one, not caring if you don't get the job. That's the first thing. That was my biggest thing. Oh, what if I don't get this job? Then I won't have another two grand. Yeah, who cares? Just charge 10, throw it to the wall. If they say no, whatever. So it was one, not caring about potential missing out on potential opportunities. And two, it was whatever you want to charge, just just say it because you never know. And I should be charging those rates. Obviously, I'm not up at those rates yet. Well, yeah, I mean, we were talking to Caleb Simpson a few weeks ago and he's like... Oh, really? He's one of my good mates. Oh, no way. I mean, he's like charging like, I think, like 30 to 50K and trying to get up to like the six figure per video. But still, like a lot of people who were as viral as him at some point didn't know how to ask for that because they don't like, like you just, when it's new, you just don't know the value providing. Yeah, Caleb's been a great inspiration for me. I actually, last year I met him... I lived in New York for a month. I always had this dream of like living in New York. So I lived in New York for the month of October and I just happened to like know his, so he, it's so funny. He used to, uh, he, he works out in the morning at 7 a.m. or every day with um, his friend, but his friend's in Italy for three weeks with his girlfriend and I'm subletting his apartment. It's been amazing to see his mindset because I needed to, I'm sort of following those footsteps now. Yeah, he seemed pretty, pretty happy about his management switch. We were talking a little bit about that. Yeah, so like that's the thing. Like I've, I and that's why I'm so successful is because I've got this network of people that I've just like friendships that I've built um, over the last few years. And yeah, I'm sh- of course, like money hasn't been my focus, but I still just think like I've played it right because I've got such incredible friends in the industry that are like genuinely looking out from out for me. Caleb being one of them. Uh, so yeah it's um yeah it's like real it's really huge so i'm excited to see where like i go from here but uh yeah yeah, what are you most excited for you know in the future what are you looking forward to what's what's the big goal on the horizon the the small goal is to just start getting more consistent with long form videos on youtube i can do short form like no problem i'm almost posting one a day very easy for me um but long form is always it's like a bit harder it's it's hard being a one-man band with the stuff i'm so i'm I'm gonna like try and expand a little bit expand the team but um the long-term goal i i is just continue to build the brand and see where it takes me it's it's one of those things where like i don't have this like desire to earn a million dollars but i just feel like if i keep doing what i'm doing and um you know, keep developing the brand. Like that's just the end goal is like that just happens somehow uh, without any pressure from anyone. So focus down, make better videos and enjoy the ride. Yeah. And to close out, you know, like there there are a lot of people who want to become content creators now, but um, might not know where to start or how to start. What, what kind of advice would you give someone who's just starting out on their creator journey um, and and looking for some direction? Well, I mean, one would be like, do not focus on the money. That mindset of like, I'm only going to post something if it gets money just seems so redundant to me. But I find that that's where a lot of creators like, especially starting out, the insecurity of like lack of income makes them solely focus on the income. 
where I would say <clears throat> have the mindset that you're not going to make money for at least a year and have the mindset of like, I'm doing this because I love it. It's my passion and it is exactly where I want to be spending my time because then you can't lose. That's what I did with travel. It's like, it doesn't matter if I flop from the business or from growing on social media because I'm traveling and that's what was making me so happy. So it's like impossible to lose in that situation. And then I think that when you have the freedom of that mindset of like you're just doing it because you love it and because um, you have less expectation on there, then I feel like you have the freedom to, to really thrive in the industry. Thank you so much for listening. If you haven't already, make sure to subscribe, rate the podcast five stars, and share with a friend. If you have any questions or comments, DM us at Finding Founders Podcast on Instagram, LinkedIn, or Facebook. Finding Founders is produced and hosted by me, Samuel Donner. Our audio editing team lead is Ashley Jimenez with support from Jessica Morales, Miley Lipton, Siyu Pan, Kenny Ray, Josie Yo, Matt Fernandez, and Merritt Hill. Our outreach and research team lead is Desiree Nunez with support from Marissa Granados. Monica Lee, Sarah Tiersma, and Yao Wu. To see more of what we're up to, subscribe to our newsletter at findingfounders.co. Thanks again for listening and see you next week.